When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hour number two, Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you on a game week. Here we go. Here we go. Not enough hours in the day to get to everything that we want to get to uh, right about now. Now that football has returned, it is an exciting time for all of us, obviously, and hopefully one that sees the team come out and play really well. I, You know, it's funny. I was during the break. Go back through and try to make sure I didn't gloss over anything that I needed to touch on from from the chat. Um, you know, it's not going to dictate the direction of the show, but I always like to look. And it's something I asked you about a week ago. Somebody brought up about if you win the toss. It's so funny. This is the stuff you do in week one. You're not going to ask that question in week three, week four, week five, probably. But we're so eager to do everything right to make sure that all of our ducks are in a row. You answer all these little questions. That's something that happened over the weekend for Mike Norvell, which was that they do the mock game. Uh, and I'll, I'll touch on that in a moment. But do you take the ball if you win the toss or do you kick? And you said you kick right off the bat. Well, I defer to the second half. That way I don't lose two possessions. But yes. Y- yes, yes, you understand what I'm saying. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a part of me that would really love to see them, whether it's because Notre Dame wins the toss or whatever, but get the ball and go down and score because the point being made by somebody in the, in the chat is it would be nice to play with the lead every once in a while. And, and that defense rarely did. And a lot of times that defense was put in a precarious position right off the bat to where it was a short field. We saw a lot of short fields last year and that's maddening. You can't really ever uh, feel like you can breathe when you're, when you're up against it at all times. So just something. I think the defense is the better of the two phases at this point. I do, uh, too. I hope that's not an indictment on the offense and we're just terrible all the way around. I get people who are still scarred. We're, we are. We're scarred. We're a little bit broken in that way. But I think this defense at every level, when we were breaking it down, then you went through the depth chart. Mm-hmm. Feel better about the interior. Feel better about the rush ends. Linebackers, still not great, but I think it's better. Secondary, we do feel a lot better about. Okay. And if that's the phase that, at least as according to the coaches, if not ourselves is winning most of these practices and most of these situations. Put your better 11 guys out there to start the game. Put your defense out there. That defense, if it's world's better, and it certainly, again, bears repeating, last year's defense at times was simply not watchable, not not anything that we should ever see again. We should never see it. That was a unique year that I'm willing to give a wide berth for reasons why. Okay, beyond just Adam Fuller. Um, but that, you can't ever resemble that again. You don't have to be elite just yet, but you can never look like that again. That gave you no chance to win any meaningful games. You, you have zero chance if your defense is not coordinated and does not understand what is being asked of them. Now, again, a lot of reasons for what we saw last year. I'm willing, again, to give a wide berth. So let's let's hope 
that from a personnel standpoint, I agree with you. I think they're better off than they were. But I think more importantly, having a real offseason, having a spring, having a, a normal summer, being able to build together and, and also have you know, players in the right positions. Coach Fuller has talked a lot about having to play guys out of position a year ago for a variety of reasons. Maybe then that competence, just a level of competence, uh, means you can relax and play football as opposed to constantly reeling, constantly finding yourself up against the ropes. Uh, that weighs on you. There's a weight that then shifts towards the offense, knowing that they can't count on the defense to get a stop ever, that you're constantly going to have to go. That Basically, every possession, you've got to score because there's a real good chance they are. <laughs> yeah, I feel anxious just thinking about it because I'm replaying in my mind whether it's a Fuller's year zero defense or Harlan Barnett or the end of Charles Kelly's time, and that's a lot of years of a lot of bad defense. But you can almost see the players – at each level, they're in between. You see their steps. They're not playing with speed. No, last year, they're not thinking. at all. They're thinking steps. They're not action steps or instinct steps towards the ball or their assignment. It looks like there's stuff going on between the ears, and it makes me feel anxious just looking at that in my mind. Well, you can't play fast, you know? That and point. that's the whole point of defense is flying around to the football. If you're going to make a mistake, I mean, you know, every coach has said it, but that's one of the things that, that Bobby was so funny about in uh, his locker room speeches in that WFSU feature. If you're going to make a mistake, yeah. make it 100 miles. Like, just yeah. do it fast. Make it all fast. And, and there's nothing fast about the way we played. But I've seen flashes. And hopefully it's not because the offense is so bad and we're just watching this echo chamber of suck in practice. But I've seen flashes of the defense getting from sideline to sideline, getting downhill, triggering, and making plays that when you combine that with the fact that Notre Dame has four new offensive linemen and a quarterback transferring in. Their offense should be worse. Our defense should be better. Therefore, it should be a better matchup. Yeah, but again, one thing to note with that, I agree with you. In theory, this is the time to play them when you have a quarterback and Jack Cohen coming in and you have four of the five offensive linemen having to uh, develop a chemistry. The, the, the problem is, of course, that they've had an existing system in place and that there's great continuity there. Uh, I know they have a new defense coordinator, and that's a big deal. Brought in a good one. But the, the point would be the established culture is in place, the continuity is in place on the whole for how they do things. But also, more importantly, they've also had – success recruiting offensive linemen back to back to back to back to back years. So these guys, they've had to replace some of the best in the country. They've had to replace, obviously, as we've noted, you know, my favorite offensive lineman in the NFL, Quentin Nelson. I mean, they had to replace that guy. And those are impossible shoes to fill. He was a monster, and they did it rather easily. So even though those are guys that they have to replace and there is a lack of continuity, at least in the sense of guys that have started games there, the quality of those players are going to be pretty good, one would think. The quality of those players will be good. I, I, yeah, I'm not doubting that at all. And, and they've got – it's like a machine. But, again, considering last year's team went to the playoff, not that they competed very well once they got to the college football playoff, but if, if that's the standard, you can't envision in game one. And Notre Dame fans lament that they kind of start seasons slow and sloppy anyway. I can't envision that this group is automatically going to be better for the first 50 snaps that they played together for meaningful time, especially with Kane Madden coming in as a transfer. So while he's incredibly gifted and I wish he was here and he visited here and I wish he stayed and became a Knoll, there's a lot of things that they got to sort out. And we should be on the same page. Does it mean enough that I feel confident picking Florida State to win the game outright? No. Yeah, but, but, but enough that you're thinking oh, they're going to look competent. Yeah. Well, again, let's go back to how we started the show where I said – 
depending on what level of confidence you have or whether you're pie in the sky thinking this team's going to win 9 10 games whether you're you you know maybe you have really low expectations and you think they're going to win 3 games whatever it might be admittedly the schedule is difficult uh i think at the very least we are going to see a group that looks something in the way of competent yeah i do i do like the hyper emphasis and focus on the, the mock games and the situational uh, upheaval that he tries to put them in. Like, he does this a lot. Norvell does this at every practice. He talked about it on Warchant.com. You can watch that video. But he's talked about it since he arrived. He likes to put people in conflict. He likes guys flashing in front of the quarterback's face in 7-on-7. Seven seven. He likes to do those kinds of things to get people uh, used to adversity and then used to certain situations. He's doing... I just I love feeling like there aren't too many situations that they will have not confronted in a practice. Now a game is different, and again, the level of talent they'll be facing is different than what they're seeing with certain segment groups out there at practice here. But it, time and again, I will tell you, I do think that there's a contingency plan for every sort of thing that could go wrong. I feel like they have been in a put in a good position. Uh, having your coaches go through every possible scenario on a game day, as well as your players, suggests to me that they're not going to be caught off guard the way that we talked about last hour, where Scott Frost comes out and tells everybody immediately following another bitter disappointment that um, eh, we practiced against one look and they came out in a different look. Really, we guessed wrong. Sorry about that. Well, you know, adjustments happen all the time. One would have guessed there would have been some adjustments there. I think Florida State, if they see something that they didn't expect, yeah, I believe this coaching staff will adjust on the fly. Again, you can live with losing if you're not good enough, athlete for athlete. What you don't want to see is, again, this look of deer in the headlights, we don't know what to do, we're playing slow, can't play fast because we're thinking all the time. You know, And that's where repping all these different scenarios – Obviously, you'd like to believe we'll prepare them, and then hopefully they're just good enough to execute. I, I sound like a coach talking about that because coaches always talk about execution. Well, he was in the right position, got to execute. Well, it's true, but you know, let's just see that they're in the right position because last year defensively they were not in the right position most of the time. Yeah, baby steps. A lot of this is about baby steps, but you know, given the way the ACC looks, and and not to get into the schedule game for game, but there are going to be a lot of opportunities here to steal some games if you're well coached and if you can have that breakthrough moment. I, I think what you were talking about and the way it resonates with me last hour is put yourself in position to make a play first, and even if you don't make it, there will be a time in which it happens for you. That you do make the play, then your confidence grows, and then you don't play over your head, but you realize what you can be. You realize the potential that you have, and now you're developing as a player. Next thing you know, you're more confident talking to the underclassman who's coming in, and a culture is born. Because guys are are getting better not only because of the coaching and, and the development and the strength staff, but because of the belief. But we got to get in position to make plays before we can do that. I've wavered since last week on whether or not I should go ahead and announce it once and for all as a Category 5 main team. And we're being asked about it repeatedly. I feel like there's some pressure on me, Tom. I don't know. There is pressure because if it's not today, then we're, then we're at Wednesday because tomorrow at 1 o'clock live here on 93.3 and War Seminal Headlines. Seminal Headlines. Yeah, yeah so. I know. I know. I'm looking for it. I, I just... I'm getting there. I'm telling you, I've begun to get nervous as I talk aloud. I got nervous on the drive over here. 
Uh, I don't get nervous for talk radio shows anymore the way I did when I first started. It's been 23 years. I get excited. I get pumped up to do them. You don't dread them. I don't, you're not at that point, I, well, are you? Well, I never, ever dread good, them. No, good. no. I, I think We don't need you like Don Imus bitter. No, 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 no. No, I don't ever dread them. I'm excited about them at all times. But the fact that I was nervous driving over here, that has to tell me something. I need to, to look no further than to listen to my gut. People are calling get, for it. I got to get, you know, I talked about this before. You can feel it. You can feel it down deep in the cockles. If you're if that kind of nervous, it's got to mean something. So I'll say this really quickly, and I, I'll, I'll, I'll touch on something oh, here. No. There's, this is a hedge. Hedge and coming, people. There's no hedge. But it is, I don't know, it's, it's been very rare in the history of the Jeff Cameron show that I've ever gone along these lines. But I want to warn you that if this feels like it feels to me, and it does to you too, and you're making your way to town, first of all, drive safely. It's our first time back together as Knowles, where we can love one another, we can tailgate with the best of them, we can get together. But it's a Sunday night. Now make sure you got that next day off. Because I'm going to go ahead and do it right here, right now. It's a Cat 5. It's a Cat 5. There it is. You got to keep it together, people. You want to see the end of this football game. Look out for one another. It's a a dangerous time to have a Sunday night Cat 5, but we're going to have one, damn it. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. We're all going to be Cat 5 in this bitch together. But you got to keep it between the lines. You got. I can't see people ass up in the hedges as I'm walking in the doke. And that's what's happened in the past. Keep it together. And then, I'll tell you what, if we win it, if we win it, if the upset happens and good times return to Tallahassee, Florida, and we're able to celebrate together one and all a victory, on a Sunday night during a Cat 5 maintained. Whoa. You can get as loose as you want to get, as long as you're law-abiding. As loose as you want to get. Keep those tailgate lots open till 4 a.m., Florida State. Let the sun come up on our party. That's good to know. Let it happen. Balls free. It's been joyless around here for four years. Let those lots stay open. Let the sun come up. As we dance about and sing into the night, if the upset happens. So there you go. I feel it. I had to announce it. It's there. It didn't hit me to the second hour. I was getting worried. Late in the first hour, Tom, it was not happening for me. Does anybody have a cigarette? I got nervous. Then I got more nervous during the break. I thought, oh, that's a sign. It's happening. People know it's happening. Hmm. I almost got carried away. I got carried away to the point where I almost started to think we're going to win this game, Tom. You did. You were already thinking about the post-game tailgate. That's what you were thinking about till 4 I'm in the morning. just thinking us. We got a show the next day, sir. Just a bunch of heathens, shirtless, dancing about campus like it's 1993. <laughs> uh, I don't want to get too far Well, it won't episode. be 93 if we win the game because then we'll have beaten Notre Dame. Yeah, well, I don't like to think about that. I'm just talking about the way we walked around, chest puffed out in victory time and time again. Expectations of national Up titles. It was time and time again. Oh, boy. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3. <laughs>
Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Summer of more life going on right now at Orange Theory Fitness. If you are a member, make sure you refer a friend and upgrade in August and September, and you'll receive discounted membership prices for the next three months. If you uh, are a member from the past and you're looking to get back in, you unfreeze your account uh, and receive discounted membership prices for the next three months. And by the way, if you're an Elite or Premier member, you can save a lot of money if you uh, refer friends over to Orange Theory Fitness. $30 off for three months for Elite members. Premium members, $50 off for three months as well. Just got a good one in this morning, and uh, that's good. You got to set the tone for game week. You do. You got to keep it buttoned up for the next five, six days. It's a hard. You get the extra day. I know. That's the what makes the day. Up. That's why. That's why when I I yep. tell you it's a cat five. I mean, maintaining. How excited are we? We got parties to be at on Friday. Parties to be at on Saturday, and then we got to turn around and. Trying to keep it together on a Sunday, too. Yeah, there it is. 5.30 on Friday at Horizons for the Seminole Headlines mm-hmm. appreciation party. Yep. Looking forward to that. Me, too. That'll be on the patio outside. They'll be spilling inside of the bar, I'm sure, as well. And then Imagine that. Saturday, 2 p.m. Remember, the first 200 people get the shirt and the koozie. Shirt courtesy of Garnet and Gold and koozie courtesy of our friends at Metro Deli. So you want to get there early enough for that. But that is a long burn that day, sir. 2 p.m. is when the festivities begin. 3.30 kick for Alabama and Miami, and then the evening game with Clemson and Georgia. Man, you're going to be up till at least midnight watching these games. Well, yeah, but it's it's a good kind of staying up. You're not staying up doing homework. I mean, you're, 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 this is a you're That's sta- correct. You're staying up till midnight to watch a damn fine brand of football. I, that game, the Georgia-Clemson game, Obviously, it's it's the highlight of the of the Saturday because you're talking about a matchup here that potentially could be a, a college football playoff matchup, but also if you're a Georgia fan listening to this, I mean, I, I, I get that they've had to in camp deal with some injuries. They got some guys out. That's a shame, but for the most part, uh, at the vital positions, they're pretty healthy and they're also deep. They're immensely talented. You look at what Kirby Smart has done in recruiting. I mean, it's he's out recruited everybody in the country, uh, even Alabama at times, and you you have a loaded roster. The thing that they've lacked, uh, at least with consistency, is a really good quarterback. Now they had one on the roster, and they decided to let him go up to Ohio State, and that was a mistake. Uh, Indeed, it was. But but that said, they got unlucky. Fromm played well. They would have had to have the the stones to say that's like, fine. This is better. Yeah, you know what it's like. It's like when Phil Mickelson won the major this year, and everybody was like, "Oh, he's got to be on the Ryder Cup." I was like, "No, no, 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 he doesn't." Hell no, to the no. No, that was a nice outlier. Yeah, it was great, cool story. No, no, no. He does not need to be on the Ryder Cup team. There's not enough here. We're not doing that. There's serious thought that there's enough cronyism that he will indeed. But make no, no, the no, team. no. You cannot do it. No, cannot do it. 
no, stop that. Don't even talk like that. Anyhow, so this is what I'm telling you here as far as Georgia goes. JT Daniels, I understand the competition wasn't great at the end of uh, last year when he got in. Finally, when they pulled the trigger, he got over the injury. He played exceptionally well. Even quarterback-adjusted the stats uh, or competition-adjusted stats showed that he played exceptionally well, too. You kind of believe he should be that guy. He doesn't have to be the best quarterback in the country. He just has to be something to far cry better than what we've seen from Georgia with all these weapons in the past. I, I think they're suited to win that game. Now, I know Clemson's favored. Obviously, you can see which side I'm leaning on here. I got questions about this Clemson offensive line, and I don't have questions about this Georgia defensive line. The, the, the problem for Georgia is just the running narrative that they have not won this game. This is the kind of game they don't win, and that is just that, a narrative, right? It's the thought that they don't win those games. I don't know, man. I I feel like they ought to be able to win this football game. Either way, I think both teams that are going to be in the – I mean, obviously, Clemson's got the ACC to deal with. That's pretty easy. And then from there, I think Georgia's going to win the East and play in the SEC championship game and ultimately come down to that game against Alabama. So looking at the slate – it's a nice lead-in to that kickoff at 5.30, at least personally, because, of course, you have the Alabama-Miami game, and hopefully in the second half that's as much a schadenfreude 30 minutes as anything else. But then at 5 o'clock, you have USC playing San Jose State, which I might have interest in already, already. But at 7.30, you get a pair of games. Obviously, the big one that we're going to watch pretty much exclusively is, is Georgia and Clemson. Mm-hmm. But then also, Willie's taking on Dan Mullen. It's Florida and FAU at 7.30. Not the game I was worried about. At 8.30, though, which means your halftime is covered for Georgia and Clemson, 8.30 is LSU at UCLA. Yeah, fun game. So that's nice. That's a good full evening, afternoon slate. I told you the whole slate this week. You got a game on Wednesday this week, even though it's UAB Jacksonville State. It is college football at 7.30 on Wednesday. Uh, Thursday, it's a huge slate, including if you're just going to look around locally. I I would tell you that I think Boise State UCF is an interesting game on a Thursday night. South Florida and NC State will probably pay attention to. Uh, There are some who will have some potato chips on some of these other games. Lord knows there's enough of them. Uh, But, okay, good. Give me a full slate on a Thursday night. I'll make my way somewhere to sit down and enjoy some – Hot wings, Tom, and cold beer and watching football. Well, there you go at Horizons as well. You have North Carolina and Virginia Tech. And on a Friday at 6 o'clock. That's true. Lane Stadium, Blacksburg, Virginia. Just thought I'd mention the stadium. Memorial? No. it's uh, Lane's still going, it's huh? It's just Lane Stadium, buddy. Uh, are there memorials? Let's see. Let me, let me do this for you just because it's a running <laughs> gag now. At some point, the Champions Club will no, be named the Lang Memorial. No, still no. At some point. Still no here. No, buddy. Hey, I hate to tell you this. On Thursday and Friday, you get no Memorial Stadium. You know, for Warchan TV viewers who have not seen the show before, you're welcome. The Champions Club, that was me. That was me pushing for the club. Jeff got the, the Jimbotron. You got I, that done. You got the paint got job done. Painted, yeah. It was bright pink in our end zones. It's still not where it needs to be, but I, I we got to get the product better you're before also, I start bitching about the stadium. Well, yeah, that's true, but you're going to get the luxury boxes on the sidelines. You've been pushing for that for years. You, even way back when, when there was a concept of maybe doing some sort of like hotel system at Doe Campbell for the weekend. But the Champions Club, you're welcome for that, guys. That's me. Air conditioning included. Daryl wants to know, and it's a fair question, Jeff, do you pull for the ACC in Clemson or go outside the conference and take Georgia? Well, I'm taking Georgia to win the game. Uh, I actually like Georgia from a value standpoint uh, this year. Again, just talking about the value, the number I got in the summer for them to win the national title. 
I'm not a, a, a conference. I'm not. I, I joke around and wave the flag occasionally, but I'm not a big conference guy. I don't really care. I'm not one of these guys like the SEC folk who just care so much about their damn conference, which is in essence Alabama. Um, I, I care more about Florida State and screw everybody else, and that includes Clemson. Uh, so I, I'm fine with the, if Clemson were to get beaten this game, I'd be happy with that. Uh, I look for their demise as soon as possible. I don't care if the rest of the conference sucks to high heaven as long as we're good. That's the way I feel on a regular basis. Yeah, Georgia blowout would be nice. That's what I'm rooting for because then it would be back-to-back games in which Clemson is outclassed and Dabba will have to hear all of those questions and he's not exactly the most nice person in the world despite what ESPN tries to tell you. So I'd like to see him have to go through that again. He'll blame the fact that the NIL came to pass. He'll blame sin. Yeah. Let's uh, talk to Irashfell, warchant.com. When we come back, he joins us. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Let's bring our man in here. He is Irashfell, WarChant.com. Hello, Ira. It's game week. Good to have you, baby. I'm glad to be here, Jeff. How you doing? I'm doing really, really well. Anything stand out about the uh, depth chart? Uh, uh, maybe something you noticed that I didn't? Anything that you uh, want to point out to our listeners about uh, that today? Nothing crazy. I mean, I think especially since we've been out there, we've seen a lot of that coming. I think from a from a um, overall big picture standpoint, I would say one thing that's kind of interesting is you could definitely tell that they're not afraid to uh, you know put younger guys ahead of older guys, mm-hmm. older, more experienced offensive linemen that are now second team guys like Brady Scott, Babyon Johnson, and Dante Lucas. Those guys are all second teamers now. Um, you also have some other guys at different positions that are freshmen that have moved into the two deep. Uh, you know. That, that's pretty impressive. Again, Kevin Knowles and Shaheen Brown and some of those, uh, Josh Burrell and Malik McLean. Um, so they're rewarding guys who can play and not, not just playing the older guys. And I think that's a good sign. Yeah, I do too. Um, and it's not, I, I don't think I saw anything that was jarring. I do like that they're willing to take some of these guys who have thicker bodies that play safety and put them in sort of a pseudo linebacker role. You're going to need guys to be able to cover like that. So you're seeing some of that. I'm glad you referenced that. I, um, I, I think on the whole, they'll be prepared. Will they be good enough is all we're asking ourselves right now. Is there anything glaring beyond what fans want to hear about the quarterback position that has you over, overly concerned after having watched camp, or do you feel like they're about as prepared as they can be? You know, I caught some of what you and Tom were talking about, about the defense and, and just kind of the, the idea of if they're coordinated, <laughs> they're not super talented, is that enough if they at least know what they're doing? And I think, you know, I was thinking about it as I was listening to it, I really think the difference is, you know, if if, if everybody's playing together, you're not going to give up the 60-yard play. Right. You know, you're not going to give up the busted play, which they gave up so many. They made it just easy for offenses last year. Now guys have to work for it. And then, and then their playmakers have to beat your guys. And then they have to execute the play. So you just you, you create a higher margin for error if, you, if, if you're just coordinated and playing together and playing uh, with effort and, and with with speed, um, I think that was another good point you guys made. They haven't played fast in several years, so if you get that, if you get a coordinated effort, guys know what they're doing. They play fast. At least offenses are going to have to execute and make plays to beat you. That hasn't been the case the last few years. I wonder where their head is at. I, I keep bringing this up. I'm a broken record to the audience right now. That what happens the first time something goes wrong? I'd like to believe we've heard all the right things, Ira. 
I do think this coaching staff has put an emphasis on preparation and trying to get them in the right positions, obviously, to give them best chance to succeed. But this this program, and it's drawing a lot of comparisons. I saw where Corey Clark wrote about uh, to FSU fans not to worry, Florida State won't become Nebraska. But but you saw it in that Nebraska game this past weekend. In addition to stupid mistakes, they just kind of imploded with a lead. And the first time something went wrong. And I wonder, that's the biggest thing for me on Sunday night. Will this team look any different at all if something disastrous happens? Do you think they will? I think they will. Uh, how many of those things that they can withstand <laughs> might be a question. Um, you know, I, I really do feel like that the guys that are there now, for the most part, you know, are guys that want to be there and believe in something. Either they believe in themselves that they can get that they can uh, resurrect their careers here. They believe in the coaching staff. They believe in their teammates. They're here for a reason. So I think that's going to be big. What you don't have, and, and we'll have to see if it materializes. I don't know how many of you guys, how many, how many alpha guys that you have in that locker room or on that depth chart who will be playing key roles that can reach down and carry or push or pull teammates with them. You know, so I think the best of intentions might be there for across the board, but I don't know, even the transfers, you brought in Jermaine Johnson from, from Georgia that everybody loves the pass rusher. He's never had to be the guy, the alpha. Keir Thomas might be the most possible to be that kind of guy, uh, but we'll have to see what he does on the field to prove if he can kind of carry that kind of weight with the rest of the players. Uh, but a lot of these guys, even if they have the right intentions, which I think they do now, the question is who's going to be the guy that kind of pushes everybody else along? And not many of these guys have ever been in that position. Ira, you were there for every practice, I do believe. And I know you saw a lot more practices than I did. Is there a guy, because I get asked this incessantly, and I figured I'd ask you because you probably more than anybody else were over there for every one of these practices. Is there a guy that you're just confident now after watching all of those is going to have a really good year? I'm pushing my chips all in the, all in the middle on uh, Trayshawn Ward. The running back. Okay. I mean, I want to. I want to say Keyshawn Helton. The problem is he's still his size, and 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 that's a bigger problem at wide receiver because there are things teams can do, and there's there's ways you can uh, make it hard for a shorter wide receiver. Uh, at running back, you can't do that. And I, I mean, I love him. I know he's not listed as a starter. Jayshon Corbin is a starter at running back. Trayshawn Ward's right behind him. Uh, man, I'm just telling you from the times I be, you really need to be at feel level with him to understand how good he is. And uh, I like him a lot, man. I, I think he's gonna he's got a chance to have a really good year. I'll ask you the same question unfairly about the defensive side of the ball. Who is that person? I, I'll probably say um, I'd probably say Jamie Robinson, um, just because I think he's going to be in a position to make a lot of plays. He's a tackling machine. He's a physical guy. I think he's a guy that can can jar the ball loose, can create turnovers. Um, you know, I, I, he's an impressive guy. Now I don't. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of another. Yeah, I mean, he'd be my guy. I'd go Jamie Robinson. Jamie Robinson. All right. I like it. Get out of here, brother. We'll talk soon. See you, Jeff. All right. That's uh, IrishFLWarchant.com. There's, it's game week, man. There's not as much to, to, to delve into here. This is Here we go. I was signaling to you through the window that it sounded like an all-in bet on Trayshawn Ward, and it sounded like maybe, uh, I don't know, a check raise. Nothing crazy. On, on Jamie Robinson. Like, yeah, you he feels you okay feel... about it, but mm -hmm. he thinks he might be in the equator of the 11 on defense, and maybe that's why a lot of plays will come his way. Like, there was gusto for the offensive answer. The defensive answer was maybe.
Maybe probably. I think it's really interesting. The Treshawn Ward answer is fascinating to me because we all agreed that Corbin took a big step forward health-wise. He's also 220 pounds. He could withstand more of a beating. But he's just more of a consistent player, not a dynamic player. Treshawn Ward has the ability to be explosive. He is undersized. Part of the problem is your two big playmakers in the backfield are both undersized. Uh, Lawrence Toafili is under 190 pounds. I mean, it's yeah, it, they're both undersized. So you just wonder. I mean, I think the more consistent back will always be Corbin in this situation. But I, I could see, you know, you're looking for a home run hitter. Yeah, that that's got to be frustrating too because he's been in the system for a couple of years, and you know they found a way to put uh, a lot of weight on people and take a lot of weight off of some people. So that's that's probably the biggest he can possibly be. Toafili, I'm speaking of at this point. But with Ward, it's you know what it reminds me of. You know, Devonta Freeman, not putting him in the same class, but Devonta Freeman wasn't as heralded as James Wilder Jr. was. Or even to a degree, Carlos Williams, when Carlos switched sure. over and yeah. played offense. But Devonta would always get you the hidden yards. He was reliable as a he pass catcher. He was also thick and low to the ground. He was. Trayshawn Ward's 5'10", 180. We are dealing with a different class of player across the board. That is So correct. we've got to judge this team completely differently before we even start. But all I'm saying is he's like Devonta in what I'm in what I'm thinking and what I've seen. More burst than you think, good vision, sets up cutbacks, and he gets hidden yards for you. He disappears behind offensive linemen. And that's a weapon in its own right because it's it makes it all the harder for a defender to locate you. I'm gonna give you two guys on the defensive side since we were kind of, you know, we didn't spend as much time on it. I think Travis J have said it all camp long is gonna have a very good year for Florida State. He's found a position. He is probably the most athletic guy on that side of the ball. He's really long. I think he's going to put his hands on people, and I think he can really run. So at 6'2", 205, with that length, I, I think he's a, he's a playmaker. Given his body type, he's going to be in a position to make a ton of plays. As mm -hmm. long as he follows his training and sticks to his rules and principles, right, right, right. there's a candidate for somebody who could lead the defense. I don't know that it's in him personality-wise. It's not for everybody. You know, Xavier Rhodes was the best player on the 2012 defense, but, but he, yeah, did, yeah. he didn't have the personality of Greg Reed, his cousin. He was a lot quieter. Plus, people stopped throwing at him, so there wasn't as much opportunity. But Travis Jay is in a position, I think, often to make a ton of plays. So he could be one that throws his personality around if that's the type of player he is. I like Travis Jay a lot. I feel like he's confident and healthy. I think he'll have the big year. And then I think if I was going to throw around another name here, I, I have been pleasantly surprised at how frequently his name comes up when you're asked about it. And I ask a lot of people this question within the program. It's amazing that it's happened. Again, I worry about it against bigger groups, so we'll see. But Dennis Briggs has really surprised a lot of people. So I think in terms of what Florida State fans are expecting, you would have said coming into the offseason or, or coming into the camp, well, we know Jermaine Johnson's a guy. He has the look. He, he looks like a professional football player already. We've already known a lot about Care Thomas and Fabian Lovett. And everybody wants is, is waiting for Amari Gaynor to have a breakout year because he looks the part and he's a legacy and all that. But Oddly, Dennis Briggs Jr. is just kind of a football player, man. He's a guy that is, again, undersized but gets talked about incessantly. Well, he's undersized because of his height. You know, that's the thing. He's 6'4". Mm -hmm. And 278 is what they list him at right now. That's a good weight, but at 6'4", you carry that so much better. It's almost like a you know a skinny tackle. It's what like a, an underclassman, underclassman tackle, tackle would tackle, like. yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Jeff Cambridge, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. 
So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Six o'clock on WarChant.com, WarChant TV. Devontae Love Taylor, insightful. I'm sure he's excited. Imagine the players this week. I, I didn't think mm. about that. Players have got to be. This, that's the problem with a Sunday game. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, we get the extra day, and, and most people have Monday off, which is nice. But, mm. yeah, that's you're going to sit around and watch all those games and think it's my turn. When is it my turn? The good thing for a player like DLT is he came here to play in an atmosphere like he's about to see on Sunday. I'm happy for him that he got the extra year to do so. Yeah, and, you know, I heard Mike Norvell was asked the question about the atmosphere and running out of that tunnel and what he expects, and he hopes the fans – you know, the question was something about you expect the fans to make a difference, and he said they better – he hasn't had it yet either. Uh, he's gotten to run out of that tunnel, but for you know, half a stadium, less than half a stadium, uh, in terms of attendance, when you take a job like this, it's a dream come true. One can only imagine. You know, you've worked your ass off to get to a point where you could even be considered for a job like this. Yes, the financial boon is such that if you play your cards right, you're really not going to have to work anymore if you didn't want to, if you save your money. But it's really more about. For, for, for guys like that, I would think, you know, getting this dream job, achieving what you've always wanted to achieve at a place like this. I mean, this is a destination place, a job. Uh, but also, all that comes with it. There aren't that many places that feel about football the way that Florida State feels about football or that have the traditions and the cachet built up over decades like Florida State does. Sure, you can name a lot of them in the SEC. You can go through and look in the Big 12 and look at uh, uh, Oklahoma and Texas. and you can. But on one hand, I mean not on one hand, but basically about 25 programs around the country have the kind of energy and – are, are big like that? Are, are you know where it means the world, where there is this much of an expectation, and the investment has been made, and he hasn't gotten to really feel any of it at all. No, he did a good job of building it up in Memphis at his time there. I know, of course, Justin Fuente got the ball rolling in the first place, but remember when they hosted Game Day? It was his program at that time, Mike Norvell's, yeah. and Beale Street was rocking, and the stadium was obviously looking great as they played Cincinnati back to back weeks. One of them was the AAC championship game, uh, but it is it will hit different. It will feel different. And my, I just wonder, because there's so many different emotions that are going to be in the air on Sunday night, obviously melancholy ones for the late Bobby Bowden, the legend himself, and whatever ceremony Florida State's going to put together, I'm sure it will be very touching. But then there's also the loss of uh, a lot of families and, and broken families from COVID. Um, you know, it could be directly through COVID itself or something that happened related to it. Sure. And then you've got the pageantry of college football back in full force with Notre Dame in town. You know, you're not welcoming Wake Forest to start the season. It's Notre Dame. Yeah. So, I mean, we had a lot of unique atmospheres in the last 10 to 12 years. The Oklahoma game in 2011 stands unreal. apart. Unreal. Yeah. It was unbelievable. Then you had the 2013 rise, and we all knew what we were watching, especially after the Clemson game. Then 2014, the defiance in that crowd that year. I mean, Chris Fowler was right. They were defiant, and for good reason that season the fan base was. 
what unique kind of energy are we going to feel on Sunday? It's going to be awesome. It's overwhelming. I think it's overwhelming. I keep touching on it. I think that uh, it was already going to be amazing. Frankly, no matter who they played, it was going to be amazing. But you're right, on a Sunday night with the nation watching in prime time, first time that stadium could be packed again for a very long time. It hasn't been that way, partly because we weren't any good the last few years, but also last year's COVID. Then you welcome in a storied program like Notre Dame, obviously. Uh, that only adds to the ledger. And then I think also, like you said, the emotions of it all. Everybody's been through an awful lot. Everybody's been through an awful lot, and to varying degrees for everybody, I understand, but it's a chance to release. And you're doing so around a passion. You're doing so around a program that you absolutely uh, are passionate about and love, uh, and and also a sport that you cherish. And welcome back, college football. It was nice to see it this past Saturday, but, man, this Sunday night, that's the real deal, and that's going to be something that we all celebrate. I also think that there's a desperation. You can feel it. You know, and I, I, again, I wonder how many times we've gone over this in the past when Dick Hauser Stadium was hosting a meaningful Super Regional and how sometimes I always felt like the team was under a little bit more pressure because you could just feel the crowd, like, come on, you know, with this expectation of Omaha. There is a desperation that Florida State fans possess currently that I do think will be projected out. Now, maybe that's a positive. Maybe that energy is a positive. But it can be a negative, too, with the weight of it, the expectation that we've got to be a lot better. Have to be a lot better. Yeah, at some point. I mean, I think that's the T-shirt. We were joking about that, I think, two or three years ago, that maybe mm-hmm. the T-shirt is at some point, dot, dot, dot. And on the back, it could be, you know, we can stop a third and 13. We can get home to the quarterback. We can beat, you know, we yeah, can no. finish 500 or better in the Atlantic, things like that. And it's going to be that way until we course correct. Maybe it's Sunday night. Maybe that's the beginning of the course correction. That that would feel like a steal, like a get-out-of-jail-free card for this season ahead of us. And then all of a sudden, if you were to score that win, that five-and-a-half total for the season seems oh so reachable. Oh, but- I, yeah. I'll, I'll say this, though, man. It's interesting, Tom, because what would immediately happen? A, you'd be ahead of the game, but B, how big then is that weight game, which has always Ooh. been the one we've circled. Because Even you bigger. Can't, you can't take a step back there. You can't take a step back. If you lose this game, it's also a huge game because you can't be one and two. It's like, no matter what, that's the game. That's the one where we're all traveling up to Snuggy Hill thinking, are you kidding me? This game? The result of this game makes the weight of that game, no matter which way it goes, very, very big. What makes me nervous about this particular game, and I hear you, it's it's amazing how Wake Forest is the independent variable it's, it's in the nuts. first three right. games it's of the schedule. Like, it should be Notre Dame. It, it should be, and Wake should be the afterthought, uh, but this is where we are. Mm-hmm. We're on step seven of the 12 steps. We need, we need to get there. <laughs> but the thing I think about this weekend, what makes me nervous about this weekend, is if you score the upset with all those kids here, official visitors and kids that are taking mm-hmm. unofficial, you have taken a massive leap towards being able to lock down this next class if you were able to do it, and the crowd was engaged in that atmosphere yeah, yeah, sure. was that way. I don't think that makes me nervous, though. That makes me excited and thinking that, you know, here you go, guys. You may have just cemented it. Well, that's where I go, come on. Yeah. One time. Yeah, you're desperate. One time. That's the desperation I'm talking about. Good job, Tom. Good job, Matthew. Thanks to all of you. Thanks to Ira as well. We'll talk to you again tomorrow. Be good. Peace.